now the host for Late Night Whatever. Please give it up for your host, Michelle Buto. my black Dr. Phil, Mr. Rob Lewis, my musical sidekick. And also a round of applause for yourselves for coming out on a motherfucking Tuesday night and doing the damn thing. You know it's Taco Tuesdays. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So since I've been doing this podcast, people have been asking me like the same damn questions, which is really fun, but also just like, oh, okay. This is like, when you ask somebody the same question, it feels like married sex. It's like, oh, it's familiar, but here we go again. (laughs) Make some noise if you're married. Oh, okay. Oh, that was a good woo. You woo like you still got it, girl. You woo like you still get moist, honey. I like that shit. (laughs) Woo! The question I've been getting is, what show changed your life? And like, honestly, when I was like seven or eight, my aunt was babysitting me and she snuck me to a concert. This is like when they didn't even like check tickets. They're like, just come on in. And it was Prince. And I just like looked at Prince and I was like, I wanna be her. I wanna be that strong ass woman with no shirt on. Relaxed hair with all the edges, dancing, not sweating it out. I want to be her. I had no idea. And my mom is from Jamaica and my dad's from Haiti. So, yes, honey. And I remember, I don't know if you remember the first time you saw Grace Jones. But I was like, I want to be that man. <laughs> Again, like six or seven. Like, like, I didn't know what, like gender was but I knew what spirit was you know what I mean and I was like oh my god that and Bobby Brown I was like let's hump some shit but that's besides the point it was so magical do you remember your first concert yeah I think I do you think you do yeah I'm yeah if you're going back I mean yeah my first show I mean but the first show that impacted me that changed my life was D'Angelo 18 years ago shit yeah with the soul we don't talk about D'Angelo enough yeah (laughs) D'Angelo Yeah, Yeah, when he came out with How Does It Feel? Yes. Who would want that camera to pan down to all of it? (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that the old white people in here are like, gotta Google that shit. (laughs) Thank you, WMYC. Hi, how you doing, sir? Perfect. That's amazing. You know... I used to not perform, but I, you know, grew up playing the piano. And I remember like my first concert, I think I was about 10 or 11 too, and I was like really hot. My hands were shaking and I played, I think it was like a Bach invention. Mm. Yes, oh white people, I know some classical shit. <laughs> yes, honey. And I remember like just getting so red and I did it and I like played too fast and I left and I just started crying. My dad's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I ruined it. I fucking ruined it. Like I'm quitting. I never want to do this again. And then I got feedback and they're like, you are amazing. And I was like, oh my God, this is what performing is too. You're like, you're so hard on yourself. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you played? Yeah. uh, I have a story similar to that. Um, I was 16 years old. I was in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I had, uh, you from Chicago? 
Yeah, Perfect. that's what's up. What if she's like, no, I like O'Hare Airport. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that deep dish fucking pizza and overpriced Camerol popcorn. No, nah, but my mother wanted me to be a, um, a classical pianist. So she cool. wanted me to like try out for these things. I used to be on PBS called um, Young Performers. And I hated that shit. So I, you know. <laughs> so we went to go audition, and you're supposed to know all like 97 pages, but I only knew nine pages of the whole concerto. So well. didn't make that audition, but I uh, got a call a week later, and they uh, told me that they were listening to me inside of my practice room and that they could hear what I was doing. And so they wanted me to come in and do this thing with this Broadway singer, Donnie Ray Albert, at the time. And, um, they wanted me to come in and play piano at Grand Park, which is now Millennium Park in uh, Chicago. Come to find out, it was 30,000 people out there. I was oh my 16 God, years old. No! Yeah, so those, those, that hand shaking and that yes, sweat thing. It's real. Yeah, that's real. Um, I get out there, I play the first six bars, and it's an outdoor venue, and I play the first six bars, and a wind comes and, and no. the sheet music blows off the stage. Six bars in. It's like karma, why you blow so hard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But what everybody didn't know is that I had memorized the piece. Shit! So, I love so a I, come black story, yeah. yes! <laughs> so I kept playing, I kept playing. And for some reason, that was amazing to people. And the next day, they came to my school, and I was on page 12 of the newspaper. And yes! Yeah, you know? Yes, so, Rob, that's what I'm talking about. Cheers to that. <laughs> that is, well, that shit didn't happen to me. <laughs> But I think concerts are important. I think it's like a good education. If you can't travel, if you can't afford to travel, you can travel somewhere for two hours, especially if you get a good strain of weed. <laughs> I remember um, the first white band I ever saw. Do, do you remember the first white band you ever saw? No. <laughs> <laughs> the first white band I ever saw was Coldplay. Yes, because Yellow had just come out, and I was like, I want to look at the stars. Yes, they shine for me too. Why not? I was just getting out of a breakup, and I legit was just like, ooh, I want to fix him so hard. Like, it was all good, but like Coldplay was playing at Irving Plaza, which is like a smaller venue, and they were sold out. And not only was it my first white concert, it was the first concert I ever went to by myself, because nobody wants to come with my ass. They're like, who are these fucking whiny, whiny-ass English dudes? I'm like, it's magical. <laughs> I realized, like, after I went to go see Coldplay by myself, I'm like, oh, I can do things by myself. Like, that was sort of like my low-budget, eat, pray, love moment. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do you ever, like, go to dinner by yourself? I'm just like, I hope nobody talks to me, but then I hope somebody talks to me. <laughs> just me? Do you, you eat by yourself. You got that look. <laughs> nah, I hate being by myself. Like eating, I like to be with somebody. I don't want to. I don't want to be alone. Okay, it depends what I'm eating. If it's mac and cheese, put me in a room by myself. <laughs> you don't need to see that fucking mess. Just let me. I don't even have a fork. I have a spoon. I want to get all of it. Lasagna. You don't need to know me. Just turn the lights off. You know what I mean? Like. I really have to get used to eating chicken wings in public because I like to put a whole wing in my mouth and pull out the bone like a fucking champ, bitch. <laughs> I love wings so much I almost got a tattoo of a chicken wing on my fucking face. I'm so glad I did and my mom really talked me out of that. Real talk. Real fucking talk. I don't know. I think concerts are also sexy. 
like as dates. Like my husband's Dutch actually, so now that I think about it, tracing back to Coldplay, I really do have a thing for white boys with foreskin. Ayo! <laughs> yes, honey, I'm for the skin. It's delicious. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Late night, whatever. <laughs> Too hot for TV. So my husband and I dated long distance. We met in New York and we had a connection. And he went back to Amsterdam the next day. And it was so crazy because I was actually living on 69th and Amsterdam at the time. <laughs> and I was like, the show just writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to go see him for the first time in Amsterdam it was like the first time we were meeting after we had this like gorgeous New York moment and like we didn't have a lot of money but somehow he got these tickets to go see Erica Badu at this great place in Amsterdam called Paradiso and it was also pure magic do you know what I mean I felt like she was singing to us I like forgot people were in the room. Also, great strain of weed in Amsterdam. <laughs> but I also think that's like a very sexy thing too, to get, like never underestimate getting concert tickets for somebody. Like that's so dope. Now, if you're gonna be like a friend and be like, do you wanna go to a concert with me? That's cool, but the etiquette is how much can you spend? I had a friend who was just like, we're gonna go see Beyonce. I was like, cool, what do I Venmo you? She's like, $700. <laughs> Bitch, <laughs> what's the most you ever spend for a concert? Mm. But you play a lot of concerts. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's who you know. The I know you, bitch. <laughs> I got no hookup. Have you ever been playing a huge stadium concert and fucked up your notes? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was on stage one time with uh, Christina Aguilera, and we were in... Uh, Yes, does she have makeup or no makeup? Uh, and when you, when you plan these keyboards, as you can see all of these buttons up here or whatever, you know, so if you're playing too hard, you can accidentally hit one of the buttons and oh. we were in the middle of a really soft ballad. Oof, of course, it's Christina Aguilera. And uh, in the middle of it, I hit a button, you know, I didn't know it was me, but it just... And we're all looking around and we're like, who is that? What, what, what? <laughs> and my keyboard tech runs all the way up the stairs and he goes. No. And he turns it off. Yeah. Oh, I want so many more stories, but we'll talk later. Are you guys ready for more show? Say yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm so excited to bring my first guest. Uh, he's amazing. He's a writer, producer, director, and actor. He can do it all, honey. <laughs> he just wrapped the third season of his show, The Detour, on TBS. The first two seasons are available on Hulu. You also know him as the longest-serving correspondent on The Daily Show. Please welcome Jason! yelling in your face. I am far too white to dance to that music. <laughs> I feel like you can do it, honey. Uh, the only thing I can do right now is bring a little diversity to this panel. <laughs> okay? <laughs> You're welcome. 
Oh, everyone does love a woke white man with the right amount of sorry. So thank you so much for being here. <laughs> um, it's so funny. Like, I, I don't know you, but I feel like I know you because you're always on my TV. So, like, I love you and I love your wife. She's okay. <laughs> and we were talking about it before, but I did meet her at an audition. And here's a dope thing about Samantha. Besides that she's smart and beautiful and funny, I was hungry as fuck because it's like an audition. It's a long day. You don't have time to, like, get those almonds. <laughs> Maybe that's why you were so hungry, because you're only eating almonds. <laughs> you're have a so meal. cute. Um, does it look like I'm missing any meals? You are adorable. Those almonds come after the chicken wings I eat alone in my walk-in closet. <laughs> I would bring food to therapy if I could. I'm not allowed anymore. Sure. Not the point. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sitting between Rachel Dratch and Samantha B, and I'm just like, I'm not worthy. And... She goes, I have a tangerine. Do you want one? And I was like, yeah. And she pulled out two tangerines. She gave them both to me. And they looked like they were Whole Foods quality. I'm so impressed that you guys are like really just doing it with your snacks. She always travels with food. Oof, I'm Even into when it. we were a waiter. Like we, would, we were both waiters. We were both unemployed actors. And she... That's so sexy. Mm, no, like on the... It's not. <laughs> it's not. I never washed my pants. Does that take away the sex appeal? <laughs> I worked at the same place for five years. Never washed my pants. <laughs> Wait, did you put them in the freezer to kill the bacteria at least? I don't understand. That was way before that knowledge was, you know, universal. <laughs> I was just trying... I was no, trying no. to demystify the sexiness of our no, no, waitering think, careers. But I think it's sexy because you guys both came up together. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's amazing. We were both poor and unemployed together. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And, and now you we... guys are like rich Americans. Right. <laughs> That's why we came down from Canada, to take away jobs from Americans, yes. <laughs> yeah. I can't. So you're going to Jamaica with your kids. Yes, yes, your on wife. Saturday, yeah. My mom is from Jamaica. She's from Kingston. Okay. But my uncle is the Archbishop of Jamaica. What? So if you want to go to any three-hour Catholic masses <laughs> and play a tambourine, I can hook that yes. up. <laughs> why is that not in the guidebook? <laughs> <laughs> It should be. I saw that nowhere on my resort's amenity list. I feel like you're, act you're becoming the father in your show detour right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so worried for you. You know, I write the show, right? It's yes. sort of based on... By the way, it's an amazing show. Can we please give it up for that show? Yeah, thank you. It is thank so you. good. No. I love the show. I actually auditioned for that show, season one. What? I didn't get it. What did you, what did you audition for? <laughs> um, as uh, one of the um, detectives. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That, that's cool. I... It's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. To be yes. fair, that yes. part went to Laura Benanti. Broadway star Laura Benanti. Cool. Uh, Good for her. But, <laughs> you know, you were a great second choice. <laughs> no, I just love the, I just love the idea of possibly uh, taping a show in New York that didn't drug test. And I was like, yes. <laughs> But I was trying to describe the show to my mom, and I was like, it's sort of like the Lampoon vacation movies, but TV, on acid, but woke. Like, I don't even know. How do you describe the show? You just described it. <laughs> it's exactly that. It's a little woke. It's a little stupid. It's a little smart. It's uh, a family that just digs in and a family that ultimately loves one another at the end of the day. And we bend that family as far as we can uh, until it breaks. So the show... It... 
Is it based on your family? <laughs> but is it? Is it? Yeah, like there's if you're, certain elements of it. Yeah, okay, so yeah. your family's a seed and has grown into something other. Yeah, there's always stories that happen to you know. La- actually, last time I went to Jamaica, like my my daughter vomited uh, last trip we were on to going to Jamaica. Um, yeah, and she, well, she vomited in the in the line first in the uh, uh, oh. the security line, and yeah, it was awful. And then, but we were just like, oh well, <laughs> sorry everybody. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. And then everybody's slipping on it. And then, and then we and then we get onto the plane, and she's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, Daddy. I'm sitting with her. And then I'm like, okay. I had the barf bag in my hand the whole time. And then I go, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You sure you're okay? And she's like, And as she covered her mouth, it just sprayed out through her fingers. But it was me, her, and then another guy. No! So it sprayed on the you know little video screen oh my God. on her and on his pants. Oh my god! But wait, he was asleep. No! So there comes that debate. Do you go? Ugh. Debate? There's no debate. There is a debate. Do you There's wake no him debate. and apologize? Or you just fucking leave it. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Do I leave? Uh, shit. Do it. Uh, hey, I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs> so <laughs> one week later. Oh my God. We see that guy coming down the aisle back to JFK wearing the same pants. No! <laughs> yeah. Didn't even notice. Didn't even notice. He's got vomit spread on his pants. Didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah. I, so roll with it. That's my advice. I, which. And then I, write a show about it. I guess. <laughs> I was about to say, I have so many follow up questions because there is a lot of vomit in the show. There is. I yeah. just saw this episode where you like, you grabbed a tomato. You're like, look at these tomatoes. Yeah. And then you bite the tomato, and it's full of ants. Yes. And he's just like, ants are coming out of his mouth. I yeah. can't watch the TV. There's a hose involved. They're not spraying right. But it's amazing. They, it was real ants we used. Ah! Yeah. It's they, like a Fear Factor episode. I know. But we had like an ant wrangler. And he's like, he's like, he's like putting the ants in. He's like, uh, you got anything stuffed up your nose? I was like, no. Why? He's like, because they might crawl up your nose and like get up in your eyes. <laughs> I was like, I'm not taking that big a bite. Like, I just, I'm going to take one little bite. He's like, yeah, but they move fast. Oh my God. Yeah. You got to commit to the bit. You got to commit to the bit. I guess. That's my philosophy. Yeah. That's my philosophy in comedy. If yes. you're not committed, no one's going to be with you on your journey committed. So That's true. Unless it, like my most egregious sin in comedy, physical comedy anyways, is watching someone fall out of frame on a trip. I'm like, fuck you. You fell on a mat. There's nothing funny about that. Like, show me you hurt yourself and then I'll laugh. And that's, that's, that that's what I do. Is that because you're Canadian and grew up with healthcare? Because <laughs> we don't fuck yes. around like that. This yeah. is the money make. That's, that's a lifetime bill. Canadian privilege. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay, so you hold three records. The longest running correspondent on The Daily Show. Longest male running correspondent. Okay. A lady holds the record for the longest. Ooh. Yeah. Break it down, boo-boo. It's my wife. My wife holds it. I figured. Okay. Longest running male correspondent. Thank you. Right. The One record. The other one is most people you've sent to jail that you've interviewed. Yep. And also the most lawsuits. Against me. Yeah. Against you. Yeah. Which one are you most proud of? Oh, that's a tough one. Is it? <laughs> I want to say, I'm not proud of the jails. Uh, I, I, w- I would say the lawsuits, because okay. those people were pieces of shit. Yes. <laughs> and they deserve, you know, they deserve what. Do you remember what, them all? Uh, I remember uh, two of them, yes. 
Uh, there, I think there was four. They might be listening. I doubt it. <laughs> Can you tell me what happened? Uh, uh, one was still pending, I think. One, <laughs> I've been gone like four years and it's <laughs> still pending. Uh, uh, one was a piece on the Washington uh, slang word for the name of the team. Uh, we did Redskins was the Redskins. Thank you. I was uh, like, uh, I don't know sports. Uh, we 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 uh, assembled a group of uh, Native American activists, and they took on some uh, diehard Washington fans. Yeah, like that. You think your stupid fucking sports name yeah. is more important than the the ridicule these people experience every Monday, Sunday, sometimes Thursdays, Saturdays in December. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like an everyday living in Washington, D.C. Um, face to face, that bigotry, that hate, can, they, they can't, and they started to cry. Wow. Yeah, because they were like, you're attacking us. I'm like, no, no, we're not. I just want you to defend your position. Yeah. And, and then I sat there, and I ate chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> so smart. Dropping knowledge. More with Jason Jones when we come back. my black Dr. Phil, Rob Lewis. <laughs> Cannot wait to bring out my next guest. He's got the voice of an angel. <laughs> he's a singer, an actor, and now he's an author. His new book, Failing Up, How to Take Risks, Aim Higher, and Never Stop Learning, is available everywhere books are sold. And then some honey. You may know him as Mr. Aaron Burr from Hamilton. But I know him as Leslie Odom Jr. Bob Lewis. <laughs> so you guys know each other, no? Yeah, Leslie's a G. Long time, long yeah, time, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, y'all play shows together? What, like what? I, I've, I'm a fan. I've never worked with Rob, but nah. I've known, you know, everybody knows Rob. Rob. In LA, I, you know, when I heard that Rob is your MD, I mean, that's that's a major get. Wow. Right. That's, hey. that's a major get. Everybody knows Rob. <laughs> Do you know Jason? We just met. We just met backstage. Perfect. But I, you know? I saw, I met uh, Jason's wife and I were on uh, Colbert earlier tonight. Um, Ooh, yes. Well, yeah, that's why, that's why I'm wearing my author's turtleneck. Your listeners, <laughs> your listeners won't be able to see it, and I'm sorry for them. But, uh, you know, I, I have a book that comes out today, and so you wear a turtleneck. It's good. Once you write a book, you wear a turtleneck. It's good. It's good. No, I flipped through that book. I couldn't read the whole thing because I'm from Jersey in one night. But listen. Yeah, no, I get that. You'd be so extraordinary. You thought about um, quitting the theater before joining Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, why? What were you going to do instead? This is... Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but yeah, I, um, 
I live a freelance lifestyle. You know about that. Oh, you yes. Know? <laughs> I've, I've never had a job for a year. My, my things are short. They're short stints. And so, you know, the um, there's work and then there's unemployment. And, and I was just, I was in one of those dips, you know, one of those unemployment dips when the, the, the depression is real. You know, you really feel that thing strong. And, and I was sick of that. I was sick of the roller coaster. And so I was... You know, I was turning 30, you know, and I met with a mentor to talk about career transition and, and some other things I could do with my life. And he said, um, he heard me out and he said, you can quit. That'd be fine. You know, we can talk about that. But I'd love to see you try first. I'd love to see you try before you quit. And this is, I've been on Broadway at that point. I've been on TV. I'm looking at this man. What do you mean try? Are you yeah, out of you your mind? Thing. I've been to your IMDb page. You did it then. What, yeah, are you I mean, what, do, you, what do you mean? Ooh, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm depressed, but that's not because I'm not trying. And he, you know, he said, well, so, you know, he's, I said, what do you think I've been doing? And he said, well, I think you sit on your couch and you wait for the phone to ring, which is great. And when the phone rings, you show up and you do a great job. You, you prepare well. You put your turtleneck on. You show up. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You do a great job when the phone rings, when, when people are asking for you to come. The phone didn't ring today. What did you do for yourself today? Mm. Did you read anything? Did you write anything? Yes. Did you practice? Did you prepare? Right. Did, you, did you email anybody yourself? Did, do people know that you're out of work? You know, he just pointed to all of those ways that I could help myself that I was completely ignoring. Yeah. And so I sit here on your couch now confidently you know, saying to you that I, I will never be stuck on my couch in inaction ever again in my life. Uh, sorry, we got a new black Dr. Phil, Rob. <laughs> this is, the, I'm on the struggle bus with this. Because now you, you have just moved me in ways only Tyler Perry can. So listen. Okay. <laughs> I'm listening. I am struggling with friends in my life who are amazing people with great talent who don't want to do anything with it because they're scared or, you know, afraid of rejection or whatever it is. How do you deal with that? Um, well, you know, I think that you you got to commit to the thing that you love. And, you know, when I'm talking to young people, you know, they I, I get asked the question, you know, how do you start? How do you, you know, begin? What's the first thing that I should do? Mm-hmm. And and I, I really try to keep it simple because I believe it is simple. You You walk towards the things that you love. You walk toward the thing that makes you feel most alive. And eventually, I think when you, when you, you love the, this thing, you know, with a pure heart, with a pure open heart, eventually you will wrestle it to the ground and it will love you back. Ooh. It, you know, and, and that's how you get married too, that ladies. Is, that is also. Yes, honey. That is also how that happens. And so it's, and so it's easy to remember. But no, I think, I think that it... <laughs> I think that it loves you back, not always in the way that you expect it to, yes. but in the way that you need it to. Yes. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with that, Jace? I think we have a new black Dr. Phil. Sorry about it. Oh, no. <laughs> You're gone. you gone. I'm next. I got something to say. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, what I love about your book, too, is there's a lot of quotes, and I'm so into quotes. Like, give me that wisdom in two sentences or less. Make it fit on a magnet. I don't have time, sweetie. <laughs> you know, when people go on, I'm like, wrap it up. What's the condensed for? Give me the log line, bitch. So, <laughs> so you say, for better or worse, you take your hometown with you. Your hometown is the salt and the stew. Philadelphia is a huge part of who and why 
I am. That's amazing. I, do you feel like that about Hamilton, Ontario? <laughs> <laughs> He's from Hamilton. He was in Hamilton. I'm from Hamilton Square. Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm just saying. No, I mean, that. I, to me, that really resonated with me because <laughs> I'm first generation. My parents are immigrants. They're from third world countries. My husband is from a very rich place, the Netherlands. I would like to think I'm a worldly person. And I go into places, shut up, and... <laughs> You know, you try to assimilate and like respect people's cultures and stuff like that. But there's always that time when I get excited. I'm like, what? And it's like, I'm a Jersey girl through and through. So that really, really rang true to me. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what that's like for you. Like, what yeah. happens? I mean, I, you know, I'm so grateful. You you take it for granted, your hometown, right? Because, you know, it's the people you know and the place, you know. It, <laughs> you don't take it for granted? Don't. I don't at all. My, I grew up in a shithole. <laughs> Yeah, but it made you work hard and appreciate people. You made me work the, like hell to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to live here for the rest of my life. Exactly. I mean, I grew up, you know, I grew up in Philly, like, you know, real talk. There was this, there was this crazy guy that would meet us every day on the way home from high school. We'd walk to the train. And there'd be this guy, I want to harmonize. You know, y'all sing with me. I want to harmonize. It was music soul child. Like before, you know what I mean? Like oh my I, God. I, you know, he, and he, he called himself music and we thought it was the most ridiculous thing. Yo, your name is music. Oh yeah. That is great branding though. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. But um, Philly is like, it gave me my eyes. It gave me my ears. It gave me my taste. You know, what I think is good. Mm -hmm. You know, I know to this day, I, you know, I, I think it's good. If I feel like somebody in Philly would dance to it. Yes. <laughs> if I feel like somebody yes. in Philly would, would, would create art to it, that's how I know it's good. Wow. For myself, you know. We were talking about concerts before. Do you guys remember your first concert? I do. Garbage opened for Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> That is so dope. Yeah. That was my very first concert. That's amazing. Oh, God, I feel so bad about my first white concert. What is it? What's your first white concert? Coldplay. It was good. I liked it. I thought it was good. It's still around. I followed That's it good. up with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Great. Yes, I almost took my plus-size bra off and, like, swung it in the air, but I did not. What was your first concert? Def Leppard. That tells you everything there is to know about my hometown. <laughs> Def Leppard. <laughs> In the round. <laughs> what is you guys' guilty pleasure? Like something that nobody else knows. Like, guilty. <laughs> it, it, sadly, it's drinking alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... It's only guilty because my wife doesn't drink and she guilts me when I do. Uh, so therefore yeah. it's, yeah. And my, my uh, kids have taken on her uh, righteousness. <laughs> and it sucks. <laughs> so I have to like sort of drink and get quiet like an alcoholic now. <laughs> yeah, like, Daddy, oh are you drunk? Like, no, I'm <clears throat> fine. Fine. Absolutely fine, kids. Why, why would you bring that up? And, and when I get too drunk, yeah. And uh, I'm hungover the next day. I have to pretend I'm not. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. You don't want to hear the worst? Mm. Try to quietly vomit. Oh. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> I get it. Vomiting is your thing quietly. For me, I'm so proud. Like, the next day after a barbecue, I'll tell my husband, I'm so glad I didn't fall asleep on the toilet. He's like, yeah, did. <laughs> 
and you were wearing a romper and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so you gotta get naked. Anyways, the point is, there is no point. So. Point is, drinking makes everybody cooler, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so impressed with you guys. Uh, I mean, not only are you guys dope men and husbands and fathers, you know, you also collaborate with your wives. Like, I can't even go to a buffet with my husband. It turns into like, <laughs> it's just not pretty. We can't decide. How do you work? Wait, you don't have to decide on the same thing. That's the point of a buffet. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? They're trying to save money. They get one plate. Oh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> this is a podcast. It is switch off. So yes. I know it looks it looks like a late night television situation. This is a podcast. <laughs> I understand. Speaking of truth, that pillow's got to go back to IKEA tomorrow. One plate. <laughs> but how do you guys do it? What is the advice you have, or just like, is it also something that attracted you to your wives and that that you guys can create together? Like, how does that? Do you ever like bump? Like, how does that happen? Yeah. It's a, you know, it's it's a, it's a journey. It's a road. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> that is like that. We we can that can be one of our you know we do, we collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming out real smooth. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yes, that's I'm what I'm saying. I'm so like, impressed. We we collaborate often, <laughs> but it's you know we've gotten better at it. It's yeah. you know we've we've because we because we're very different we work very differently yes and you know yes. and, and and what we and and our t her hometown I'm from Philly my wife is from L A like our what we oh. think is fantastic is not always the yes, same you know that is very so there's different. so there's so much that we that we you know jive with but like that little you know the part on the Venn diagram that that is not in the center you know those those extreme parts can can make it tough yes yeah and what about you. And sadly, it's the or sorry, maybe happily, it's the opposite because <laughs> uh, when I'm not working with my wife, I'm not as close to her. Where's oh, the ah? Come on! I just wanted an ah from the audience. That's it. <laughs> Leslie got so many ahs when he was giving his Dr. Phil speech. <laughs> I wanted one. You're an awing audience. <laughs> But no, it's true. It's true. I, I well, well, you know, the thing about me, you know, and, and my wife <laughs> is that, you know, when we're collaborating together, then I don't get to sit in the audience and, and watch her and bask, <laughs> and bask in her light. You know? I, I just want to I just want to watch her be beautiful. And... I can't. Where's the awe? Where's the awe? Uh. Sweet, sweet, no, it's game time! Yeah. Jason, Leslie, Rob, you guys are all really cool dads, like the kind of dad we all want to go sneaker shopping with. Hey, y'all. We have some audience members who want to ask you guys some questions for some fatherly advice. This is Papa Preach, honey. You want some good advice from some cool ass dads? Can we do that one more time? You want some good advice from some cool ass dads? <laughs> All right, where's Princess W? That's your real name, Princess? Yes. All right, honey. We got royalty in the house. Can we get a mic to Princess? <laughs> Hi. What's your question, Boo Boo? Okay, so this is a real millennial question. How do I balance my checkbook? 
because I'm Why not... Why do you have a checkbook? <laughs> what the fuck is a checkbook? <laughs> Sometimes you think that, like, I have direct deposit, everything is going to be fine, I'm going to wake up and my money will be clear. Oh, and then the bank is like, no... You're technically negative balance, so now you owe the money plus $37. Dad, anything? Yeah, listen. <laughs> um, I, a, a white lady manages my money now, and so really well. She does it really, really well. Goals. So ask for help is what I would say. Yeah. You know, ask for help doing it because there's no shame in that. There's somebody in your life that's good at it yeah, that will that so. once a month you can sit with and they will help you work it out. Yeah, what dad said. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. You you welcome. Where's Where's Billy G? Uh, should I delete my Facebook because my information might get stolen? You know we're not like Jake Tapper and shit, right? <laughs> Dad? Why do you use Facebook? I guess is the question. Back to you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There you go. Yeah, delete it. I You'll bet, feel free. I bet a lot of that... Here's the thing. I bet a lot of that information is probably... If somebody was really looking for it, they could probably find it anyway. So it's really less about that, I think, and more about watch what you're using Facebook for. Ooh. You shouldn't be electing a fucking president based on what you see on Facebook. Yeah. So you don't have to Mic delete drop. it. You know, you can keep it. Just like send some messages every now and again. You know, use it for what it's for. Well, I don't know. I read a good story about her emails on there. That uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for Facebook, I wouldn't have found it. Very useful. Uh, who? How do I say this? Des Desiree. Cool, Desiree. Hi, Boo. Hey. Hey, Desiree. What's your question for the dads? Look at all these dilfs. So, <laughs> so my question is, how do you know when a guy actually likes you? For you, not for this. <laughs> Rob, you want to take this one? You have an older daughter. You want to take this? I think it's uh, measured in um, the kind of things that he does for you. I think that uh, I think that men can you can tell when somebody likes you by the the kindness that they you know, bestow upon their woman. And what is in the, what is, def, let's define kindness. Is kindness... <sighs> that's vague. That's, pre, that's pretty vague yeah, uh, two-second advice right But she's there, young. So. Like, is kindness... Yeah, I'm, I'm not Leslie up here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's also like, I think kindness also is like never second-guessing. You shouldn't have to talk to 17 people to decode his text or what he said. It should be like, ooh, this is good, next. Ooh, that was one for mom. <laughs> Not even. This has been amazing. What have we learned tonight, Rob? You have amazing friends. <laughs> I feel like the arts really brings a really good group of people together, no matter how crazy they are. You know, like, between a pinstripe suit and a turtleneck, <laughs> and a smart, fun, drunk dad that quietly vomits. What else could this little old plus-size bitch from Jersey ask for? 
Thank you guys so much for coming and listening and hanging out with us. I'm Michelle Buteau. That's Rob Lewis. And this has been Late Night Whatever! Late Night Whatever is produced by Joanna Salatarif. Paula Schumann, Jennifer Sendro, Daniel Guimet, and Marion Schauberg. With Isaac Jones, Chase Culpin, Sarah Sandbach, and Melissa Chusid. Music by Rob Lewis. If you'd like the 411 hunt on hashtag late night whenever, follow us on Twitter right now at whenever. I mean, don't do it whenever, do it now. The name is at whenever. You get it. You get it, right? And don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, honey. What's another word for amazing or dope? Incredible, the best, terrific, fly as fuck. Our two guests are... Amazing. I love Ernest. Our guests are like amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>